Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Mark Raffman, an entrepreneur, procurement and sales veteran, podcast host, speaker, recognized negotiation expert. And Mark is a founder of Negotiations Ninja, where he utilizes his extensive speaking and training expertise as a head trainer and has a team of leading experts in negotiation, in suasion, influence, and conflict resolution to ensure that it develops and delivers the most engaging training possible. Love that. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that great introduction. Can I take you on the road with me? That was fantastic. <laughs> and in a British accent, it's just there's an extra little yeah, time to it, right? It just adds extra authority to it. I love it. Nice. And hey, look, two marks on a podcast. What can go yeah, wrong, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a widely known fact that marks are more intelligent than everyone else. And so you're getting two intelligent people on a podcast talking about what they love to do. Fantastic. Wowzers, everyone, you're welcome. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Look, hey, Mark, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with business? And you know, who is it that you love to work with? Uh, yeah, Negotiations Ninja, the business that I started just over six years ago, teaches people how to negotiate and resolve conflict. And the people that I love to work with are enterprise level B2B sales teams, procurement teams, and also entrepreneurs that earn between one and $10 million. Because actually the problems are fairly similar between the enterprise side and the entrepreneurship side. What's different is just the scale of those problems. And so when I work with people, those are the people that I love to work with the most. Nice. So when you say conflict resolution, tell me a bit about some of these conflicts. What what do your clients come to you? What's maybe the first challenge or what do they think is the first problem? They think that the conflict is the problem. And oftentimes it manifests itself that way. So you may have a conflict with your employees or a conflict with a customer or a conflict with a supplier, something like that. And you feel like you have to solve or resolve the problem and the conflict. Oftentimes the conflict comes down to how we feel about ourselves and who we are represented within the conflict and also who the person is that we're talking to within that conflict. And we we got to get to a deeper level than just dealing with the conflict. Yes, we've got to deal with the conflict to be able to be productive and move forward and all of those kinds of things. And also there's additional work that we have to do. And there's a lot of Mm. self-reflection work that we have to do. And that's the more difficult, deeper work that a lot of people skip in the conflict resolution process. Yeah, we got to solve the problem. We got to resolve the conflict. I get it. 
And also, why did that happen? Why does this keep coming up? Why do mm. we keep putting ourselves into these kinds of situations? And a lot yeah. of the time, it's us. I would say, yeah, the most of the time. I mean, just the way you're describing that is so, so similar to the, the work that we do with looking at yeah, marketing, sales, lead generation. It's us. We are the challenge. So seeing what, what's going on with, with the conflicts, do you, do you think that's the problem when really, ah, shit, what are my fears? What are my drivers? What am I trying to avoid so hard? All these kind of things come in. So when you drop down a level and have um, your clients' <laughs> willingness, awareness, understanding of shit, okay, I need to look at myself before we look at the problem and maybe the person on the other side of the table before we bring them around to, to our side of the table. Yeah. What do you find time and time again are, are the drivers, whether it be goals, whether it be fears, whether it be controllers, what, what are they? A lot of the time it comes down to fear, which, which is a really crappy thing to think about because fear is a real feeling. It's a real mm -hmm. emotion. And oftentimes we ignore fear because it's too difficult to deal with because it is the area where we experience the most pain a lot of the time. And so mm -hmm. when we delve into that sort of black box, that endless pit that sometimes people feel like it's going to be, we often feel like, well, if I deal with that, I'm not going to be able to find my way out. I'm not going to be able to move forward with, I'll, I'll, I'll just push that aside for now. I'll deal with it later. Mm. And we focus on the administrative and tactical things that are really important still, but no, don't necessarily deal with the true root of the problem. And the, what we find for a lot of entrepreneurs that we work with, it's the fear of rejection is the main mm -hmm. thing. And also people because of that are undervaluing themselves as part of the process. So if you're an entrepreneur that is selling anything, could be software, services, products, whatever, mm. a lot of these entrepreneurs are going into these conversations to try and sell their stuff. And because they are afraid of being rejected, which is a normal thing, by the way, they start negotiating with themselves before they even go into the negotiation. And they they haven't even given the counterparty, the other side, the mm. opportunity to reject them yet. They've rejected themselves because of the fear of rejection, and they automatically start reducing their ask. So when they sell something, their their inner monologue is often, "I can't, I can't ask for that. I can't propose this. Yeah. That's quote unquote too much. That's not reasonable." But that that idea of what is reasonable is most of the time not based on data. It's not based on even anecdotal information. It's based on how we feel in that moment. And that starts the negotiation process off on the wrong foot. And now we're in a situation where we've undervalued ourselves. We go into the negotiation undervaluing ourselves. We propose something that is less value than it naturally should be. And all mm. of those feelings are shining through in the person that we are in that moment. And yeah. so the person who's on the other side of the table starts looking at us going, oh, this person's not confident 
in what they're selling. This person's not confident in who they are. I don't know if I want to work with this person. And then we end up losing value in a lot of those negotiations and losing the negotiations in general, mm. all because we were afraid of what the person might say. Correct. There's all those things that aren't actually spoken, that right. they're, they're seen, they're interpreted by, by us, but subconsciously, there's a lot in that. And one thing exactly. I want to get back to here, where you, you spoke about fear and that you know, we want to traditionally <laughs> avoid this. We don't to look at it. However, as a trait, we've been trained to avoid it, push it away, not look at this. Yes. But it's on the flip side, that means it still drives us. These decisions right. are coming from a place of fear. We talk about you know driving the bus so much on this podcast where you, know, you said you, you've given the strategies and the platforms and all the tech and stuff. So you've given the bus the routes to guide the GPS suite. But if fear is still driving the damn bus, oh my gosh, it can still go off a cliff. You've got everything you need, but it's get in the back, get off the steering wheel. You have your place. Look, when something really bad happens and you need it, great, you're welcome. But right now in this, your driving is not going to help. So by avoiding it, actually, I would say makes it more, more powerful. Yeah. We put ourselves into situations that, we create ourselves, which hmm. is the unfortunate part, right? Like, yes, there are a lot of external factors that affect your business and that affect you and all of that kind of stuff. But the vast majority of difficult situations we create are of hmm. our own doing. And nice. there's a, there's a, I can't remember who said, I think it was, I can't remember the author that said this, but he said, um, I have experienced a great many troubles most of which have never occurred. Absolutely. And we put ourselves into these situations because of the thing that we think might happen. And naturally, the result, the result, of course, is that we screw ourselves in the process. And that, that I think, is the hardest thing to unlearn in the process of negotiation. Mm. To give you all of the strategies and all of the skills and the tactics and the abilities to do the thing you need to do. And those things are really, really important. But the hard work of understanding your own emotions, understanding your own shortcomings and your fears, that's the hardest part. Yeah, and put that into marketing or sales or negotiations. There's that ability to, to hold space for, yeah, all these worries that they're all self-created and probably won't happen. And if it did happen, it probably won't be the end of the world. But there is so much weight attached to this. And this is a crumb. It's a lifetime of doing this. It is not a simple habit to break the right questions. The right principles can guide us to open up our awareness, to shift our perception. But we're battling with, so you're battling with yeah, a lifetime of programming of you know, social, cultural, parental, all this stuff comes into play. It's, it's really a soup that we have to guide. Work with. Yeah, Just not fantastic. to mention, like, it really depends on the, the culture that you've been brought up in, right? Like, have you ever heard of the saying, the tall poppy syndrome? Um, the tall poppy gets cut, or the the highest nail gets hammered down. Well, we have, depend, depending on where you've been, like, for, for people who live in the United States, this may feel a little bit foreign to you. But for people who come from Commonwealth countries, like me and you... There's this idea of, you know, don't don't stand out, right? Conform. There's this idea of like, oh, we're doing this for 
king and country, that that sort of thing. Um, mm. And it's a collective sort of movement instead of an individualistic sort of movement. And as a result, what I've seen for a lot of folks, especially from those kinds of backgrounds, immigrants especially, it's really hard to break that social programming of like, oh, I, mm. I can stand out. I can do this because we've been conditioned from birth basically not to do that. And and it's really hard to overcome that. And that relates very strongly to negotiations and how we feel like we should value ourselves and ask for more in those negotiations. It's and also to the perception of others who do stand out, who do Correct. act more commonly. There's a perception that, that is wrong, bad, rude, whatever right. it might be. Yeah. There's, there's so much in that. But OK, so look, with all these principles that you hold dear and that you know and that you coach and that you teach, good entrepreneur for you must be so simple you've got everything now you don't have any problems or challenges oh, yeah or nothing's right? a problem for me <laughs> no look i would be i would be remiss if i stood here and told you that i have everything figured out and i would also be lying to you uh, because mm. the truth is is that regardless of what stage you're at in your business as an entrepreneur you're still going to experience challenges emotional challenges, tactical challenges, strategic challenges, growth challenges, like everyone else. And this idea that people paint this picture on social media of, oh, this, he's figured it out, or she's figured it out, and they are the perfect example is very attractive. And it's very alluring. And it's very seductive. Because we think, wow, there's the model of the person that I want to be. But what that person's not telling you is, you know, this is the third marriage and they're on, they have a significant drinking problem and they're not healthy and they don't spend time with their children or whatever, right? Because we all have issues. We all have mm. problems. There are things that we all experience. On the flip side there as well, seeing what we think other people are doing, it holds it in a place of, well, I can never do that because right. inserts yeah. what is behind the scenes for, for yourself. So there's a, there's a lot of like double-edged sword things going on there with, which makes it it's difficult and, and struggling for entrepreneurs at any level, even though yeah. CEOs trying to move away, seeing other people that have been there and done that. It's again, that the imposter syndrome, the, 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 the self-worth that you spoke about with, with your clients, that comes into all of us at different levels. It's got a different flavor. Yeah. It's got a different reason, but they all show up in different ways. So what's it? That's right. What's it like for you right now, as as you're maybe between selves, between identities, as you're growing to that next level? What totally. are the challenges that you're looking at right now that are maybe challenges that you've crumbs? You you've wanted this. You've longed for these challenges. Now they're here. Shit, it's just tough. What's that like? Yeah, you. Uh, the the interesting thing, if you like, flash back to three years ago, I would have prayed for the problems that I'm having right now. In fact, I did pray for the problems that I'm having right now. So you you get yourself into these situations where you're like, oh, mm -hmm. you wanted this, right? In fact, you put yeah. this out there that this is exactly what you wanted. You prayed for these things, and now they're here, and now you're complaining about them. Isn't that the nature of things, though? So, yeah, I mean, the things that I've got going on now within my business are the taking that next step in building a thought leadership-based business, which is exactly what I'm in, coaching, mm. training, thought leadership-based business, a big part of that process is to put yourself out there with 
your ideas. And we've done that for a long time with social media and stuff like that. But to take it to the next level to write a book about it is mm. another thing entirely. Um, and so that's what we're doing right now. I re just released the book. Uh, it's available um, everywhere. And we're really excited about it. But also as someone who is the person who was behind the book, there's a lot of feelings that are associated with that. And the coaching that I received as a part of this process was you'll be fine. Act like you've been here before. Remember to create the right perception with the folks that mm. you're working with, that kind of stuff. And by the way, we teach those things, right? Perception creation and and really managing the emotion of the situation as well. But then I thought, listen, that's not in this circumstance, in this particular nuanced area, that seems super insincere and like really disingenuous. And so I put it out there of like, hey, I've been told that I have to be, I've, you know, act like I've been here before. But the truth is, I've never done this before and I've never been here before. And these are the feelings that I'm feeling right now. And coming to terms with that has been super, super helpful. And in fact, it really resonated with a lot of our audience. Mm. There's something beautiful in that about being told what to do and here's what you need to do. Yeah. And yeah, the just do it, act as if it, it has a place. However, uh, we spoke about offline before we jumped on the, the alignment piece, the yeah. alignment as the business owner, it's super crucial. And if you're doing yeah. things that you don't enjoy doing, or you're trying to show a front, but deep down, you don't have the confidence or the belief or the faith or the clarity, those fundamental pieces, again, as we said before, people can smell it. People can yep. see it subconsciously. It's there. They're like, he's saying the right things, but I don't know. There's something that's not quite, again, you probably coach your clients through this stuff to understand these principles. Yeah. But as a business owner, <laughs> negotiating with yourself, growing as, as a leader, where do you find are the areas that you find that, yeah, this is who I want to be. What's your, where are you in between selves right now that you're looking for? I can't wait to be that, that person. That's the next level. This is the next iteration for me and my business. But I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. I mean, the the picture of who I would like to be has always been very, very clear in my mind. I, the goal is to be the Tony Robbins of negotiation, right? And so when you have an idea of who that guy is, it becomes very clear the person you need to become. Mm. And that requires a lot of self-work and a mm. lot of self-development and a lot of very difficult conversations with yourself. And by the way, yeah. difficult conversations with others and uh, and friends and family members, and also realizing that, hey, this guy that you place on a pedestal also went through this process. Because Tony Robbins wasn't Tony Robbins 30 years ago he was another guy entirely so his evolution to get to this point happened you just didn't see it right he didn't make it public he didn't say here's how i'm feeling i'm feeling afraid in this kind of situation i'm mm. worried about this all of those things still occurred he just didn't say it so the question that i now had to ask myself as i go through that that evolution process is do I also not say it, which is a legitimate strategy and it's totally fine, or am I open and honest about it and say to the people who 
have connected with me and take our courses like, hey, I'm going through this strange evolution right now where I'm in an in-between stage. Yeah. And here are all the feelings that I'm feeling. Because maybe there's someone like me who's following my stuff, who's six, ten years behind me, who's going, I wonder how Mark did it. And I wonder if he went through those same feelings. I hope that they look at that and go, okay, this is normal. It's mm -hmm. normal to feel this way. It's okay to feel this way. But also, it depends on whatever business that, that you're personally in. Um, yes. For you to share this, it has no knock-on effect whatsoever to your skills as, right. um, as, a, as a leader, as a negotiation expert, as someone who will help people with their procurement and, and sales, all this elements. Saying that I'm at this level of business and here is what I'm currently working through. And boy, here's how this is tough. I mean, here's what I'm right. struggling with. That doesn't take anything away from who you are and what you deliver. Even right. if you coach the exact same fucking thing, there's a different level. There's a level of authenticity that comes through with this. But I feel and what we found is that can sometimes be, I can't say this because right. shit, then people won't buy my stuff. People won't see yeah. me as the authority. That's and right. now we're straight back down to fears again. Yeah. There is the fear. What do you want? We don't want people to see us as less than. Therefore, let's put this front on, which is so energy draining because it's not real. Right. Alignment is out. And there we go. That's what makes it harder. So from your perspective, where do you feel like you're maybe slightly out of alignment right now? Where are you controlled by a fear that's actually impacting some of your things? Oh, your decisions. Man. <laughs> This is a deep question. So, um, I consider fear, this may be a different angle. I consider fear to be both a positive and a negative emotion. It's positive in that it can drive action because you could be afraid of something that might or might not happen and that drives mm. you to do things to avoid the potential of those bad things happening. But it could also be incredibly negative because it could stop you from doing things and you could just dwell in that fear. Mm -hmm. the, the dangerous part of fear for me is dwelling in the fear. And as someone who's come from a background of like high anxiety, loads of depression i know what it's like to be in the pit of fear and mm. i never want to go back there and so for me a lot of my motivating actions are created as a result of the fear of never going back to the pit of fear yeah which is arguably very unhealthy <laughs> because i'm not i'm not dealing with the thing yeah. that you know, that I'm afraid of most. So uh, I, I would say for me personally, uh, it's, it's the fear of, fear of mistakes that I've made, fear of mistakes that I will make, fear of people that I may have hurt, fear of all of those things that are you know are stopping me for or or even creating action so that 
those things never happen or that I can make up for, you know, the people that I might have hurt in the process or yeah. those kinds of things. Those, those things that are all great. The, the fear of the mistakes that you have made that you could make. Yes. But yeah. I'll always hold space for that's irrelevant. That's not it's what that does, <laughs> what that brings. So no, you don't care about the mistakes. It's the result, the impact of those. That's so right. what is what is, if you go one level deeper? What is that for you personally? Because this is different from for an awful lot of people. Uh I mean, I my job is to put content out there all day, every day. And so my job is to be the quote unquote authority on the thing. Mm. In my case, that's negotiation and conflict resolution. The The benefit of my job is that I get to read extensively on psychology and behavioral economics and all of those things. And so yeah. it's interesting to sit as someone who is also very naturally self-reflective to look at the emotions that I'm feeling and then add the lens of like all the things that I've read around this and apply it to myself. The thing that's deeper than that is the classic sort of imposter syndrome that comes out of it. And mm. and from what I understand, from the people that I've spoken to who are like me in a business like mine, who are 10 years ahead of me, that actually never goes away. We just learn how to deal with it better. And so you, they've learned how to deal with that feeling a lot mm. better and they've they've learned how to value themselves more in that yeah. kind of a situation but it Ooh, still comes up find that the right thing for you that i think you're alluding to here is um yeah there's different angles you look at there's the mental aspect yeah stories the beliefs the promises all these things come up there is the physical aspect your brain your neurochemistry your nervous system your yep. body there's the environment places people technology all these things there are so many different trigger points controllers it's finding what's what is it for you where is that understanding okay what is the route through once you have that awareness rather than just fear crumbs there is a tree underneath that, that yeah. you can find out what exactly <laughs> what's to find that find that damn route and there's a right. lot to that maybe you're never gonna actually resolve it completely because hey spoiler you're a human with emotions always gonna happen however to effectively manage it or leverage that i think is so kind of beautiful you mentioned that these the fears that you have you see them as good and as bad we've got a similar take ours is yeah fuck it it's it's just information it is not not good or bad if we can hold that as huh here's the information i'm trying to avoid this situation cool if that's just yeah. information what what can we do about that doesn't need to be action done is that action going to be fueled with energy? What energy is that? There are so many little nuggets of this of the ingredients towards the actions that we take. So I love the way that you've broken that down beautifully to what what is it for you? And it is that fear? Yeah. And you know, I? I think what you're describing as well is like something that's really important in negotiation, especially around conflict resolution, which is are you are you feeling the feeling or are you observing the feeling? Because if you're feeling the feeling in a conflict situation, that's going to be really difficult to manage and be untenable, right? You're mm. not going to be able to actually be productive. But if you're observing the feeling and you're not in the feeling, then it becomes easier to be able to manage that conflict. Mm. Now we're talking about the, the, the natural laws of the universe, the, the law of rhythm, always going to swing from one to the other. 
And we can be taken along for the ride. If we can level ourselves up and just raise ourselves up, this, the pendulum won't grab us and make us move. We can see it swinging, but we are not within that motion. That's exactly what you're describing there. That's kind of beautiful. Once you have that understanding and knowledge and see that, and we've all had the experience of this, find that experience. It's kind of beautiful the way we can then, okay, how do I go differently? How do I not get swept up in this? What can I do? Now you're in a place of finding your principles, your practices, all those things for you that allows this to happen. So for you personally, what are those things? What are the practices that you put in place that kind of help you? Um, and where is it that you find, yeah, I need some new ones. I'm at this next level. I haven't got what I need to work through this particular feeling or challenge. This is an interesting question because this has been a big part of the evolutionary process that I've been trying to go through. And I'm intentionally forcing myself through that process. And so I've had to change a lot of practices as a result of that, including how Lovingly or kicking and screaming along the way or a bit of both. Yeah, a kind of both, right? Where you're like, oh, I know I should, you know, we, we don't do the things we ought to do. I had that moment of realization. I was like, oh, hmm. I'm not doing the things I have to do in yeah. order to get to that next level and evolve. And so then I thought of, okay, well, what are the things that I have to do? And then I, I just modeled behavior of others. So I thought hmm. of the person that I wanted to become. And then I thought, okay, well, what does this person do on a daily basis? By the way, they only tell you the things that those habits do that benefit the thing that they're trying to sell you on. So right when they say like, well, we exercise daily because here's this health plan that I want you to buy. But also the the help that it gives you with your clarity and mental focus and all of the things around strategy and all of the things around spirituality and how everything is tied together all of those things had to change mm. in my life and both spiritually physically mentally everything and by the way i'm not there yet it's a it's a work in process and so just building on those things has been incredibly important for me i love that fantastic hey mark thank you so much for being with us today for sharing not only what you do and some amazing nuggets there but behind the scenes of what it's like for you as you go for that next level as you launch your book as you get to that place where you are going to become that authority i love that thank you so much for sharing thank you so much for having me i appreciate it how much You're do welcome. i owe you for the therapy session oh my gosh you'll get the invoice <laughs> no worries that'll be sent over shortly um look if people want to find out more about about you and the work you do and of course your book where can they find you easiest place to find me is on linkedin just search my name mark raffin or you can go straight onto amazon and search for nine secrets to win deals and influence stakeholders awesome stuff well everyone if you're curious or like hell yeah this sounds amazing go and check it out get the book let us know how you get on and uh mark Thanks again. This has been so much fun. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. 
And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.